Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there. Welcome back to the Triforce <laughs> Podcast. Thank you for joining us once again. Yes, I uh, am Gandalf my, the Grey. One, one of my favourite things on the on the calendar every week. This is to, he loves to, it to catch up with my two favourite dads. Yeah, and you well, know, pick their brains. Second and third favourite dads. Your dad should be your favourite dad. True. Oh, I completely forgot about my dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So my dad's coming down tomorrow. Actually, he is. Um, he's coming down with my mum. Yeah. Are you going to see him? Uh, they well, they independently booked to go to the Van Gogh Go interactive exhibit that I went to fucking last week. Come on, really? <laughs> yeah. So I went there last week, and I thought it was awful. And uh, what, I talked about it on this podcast. Yeah. Today. Yeah, I talked about it. But, yeah, yeah. Um, it was. Uh, they obviously, I don't know. I don't know if they're fans, if they just felt like an excuse to come down, if they like got caught up in the, it's got good marketing or something. I don't, I don't rate it. It's got to have good marketing, right? Like if I re- you I reckon went it must and now do. your parents are going, like they've, yeah, they've been just marketing the shit out of that thing. Yeah, a couple of friends have been like independently. I don't know whether it's like dropping ads or something. Um, I don't know. It's, I got, it's I uh, probably TikTok ads. That's what they, yeah, they. that's where they would have seen it. Yeah, for sure. they would have seen it on the talk. Or is it called? The, do people call it it's the talk the, or the tick? I would, I call it's it got to be the talk, right? Yeah. You can't call it the tick because the, the the tick is already uh, reserved by. There's a superhero called the tick. There is, yeah. And uh, there's a uh, real an arsehole of an insect yeah. called the tick as well. That's true. And also, Wait, are it's they the insects? Thing that, I'm not um, sure if they're insects they, or something else. Let's they gotta be. I don't know what the hell else they would be. Uh, they look it's probably very like an insect-like. Uh, arthropod? What's an arthropod? Is that no, a thing? Okay. I don't the, think it's the, an arthropod. He goes to a Van Gogh museum and he thinks they're arachnids. He's, uh, there he's, you go. He's, he's a rocket scientist. Are they? Are they spiders? They're arachnids. No, they're arachnids. Yeah, but they're spiders. No, it? it's different, isn't it? I mean, they're clearly not spiders. They're an, it's no, an but arachnids. arachnids are like generally. Oh, the scorpions arachnids, then, I guess. I as think well. they're scorpions. Maybe they're arachnids. I could be wrong. Is it something to do with the amount of legs that they have or something? So arachnids. God, don't go down into that rabbit a class hole. It's of, pretty spooky. Uh, it won't take long. <laughs> it won't take long. Already <laughs> shivering. <laughs> a class of joint, joint-legged invertebrate animals in the subphylum oh, yeah. Chelicerata. Arachnida oh, include, among others, spiders. That, that's probably the noise they make. Spider scorpions, ticks, mites, pseudoscorpions, harvestmen, camel spiders, whip spiders, and vinegaroons. I don't know what a vinegaroon is. It sounds like one of the guys who would like hold up a stagecoach. Ah. It's I, Vinegaroon! Jogging <laughs> Vinegaroons! Vinegaroon. Oh, ludicrous name for an animal. Well, it's probably horrible, though. It's probably like. Oh, some no, I just awful... looked at a picture. It's horrible. You're, uh, you're, <laughs> it's your dad's like a spider uh, scorpion. Your dad's on his way down. My dad is here already. He's, oh, my holy mom crap. and dad have been here for a couple of days now. And. Uh, 
I have Pappy Pappy Lovitz. I have been dadding Gram, it up. Gram, like Gram there's Pappy no tomorrow. Lovitz. Man, I'm like a I'm a taxi service. I'm a chef. In, like, yeah. Are they old enough that you now have to like do drive them everywhere and Technically no, but it still somehow works out that way. So right. you know, there you go. It's just uh it's one of those. Are you, is it, is it, are you, do you answer the phone? You know, hello, J- Jersey Taxi Service. Is that your like little dad, yes? That's, dad patter. That's my yeah. You... That's my 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 little dad banter. Yeah, I, I yeah. Uh, no, I I can't. I, I wouldn't do that because I feel like it would uh, it would be triggering. You know, for the for the person on the other end of the line. You know, it's right. Like, uh, it's like it's being too sassy. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. It's it's being too aware. Yeah, of yeah. The, it's yeah, it's realizing that they're an imposition yeah, on you. Yeah, maybe it's being okay. like too edgy so or something. You know? Wow, this is a you've turned over a new leaf. Are you on like super nice mode at the moment? Then? Yeah, <laughs> with, I don't know. With... I just I feel like uh, like every time my parents visit, I I feel like um, I reference this often, but I, I just find it so funny. Uh, I don't know if you remember the Father Ted episode where they kick Bishop Brennan up the arse and he's yeah, just yes. like stunned for like a week. He's he just so can't, shocked He about can't it. fucking believe that it's happened. <laughs> he and he's function, just in this yeah. like state of shock. <laughs> he can't function. He's like a zombie, right? That's what That's I'm like right. when my parents come over. <laughs> I'm just like that the whole time they're here. I just like can't believe what's going on. Like I can't believe how um much hassle like i'm i'm given like you know what i mean it's just like i I just have all these extra (laughs) things to do and stuff so don't uh, don't you feel like here's the thing when my mum that my my parents being divorced have the last time they were in the same room was when i got married so and then they're gonna when my sister gets married this year that's the next time that they're gonna be in the same room so they have not shared your sister's getting married next year no she's getting married this year oh my god sorry yeah um so that they have not been in the same room, so I always get them independently, and it's a very different experience. Yeah. Um, and don't you find that specifically when your mum comes up to stay? Because uh, we've had my dad here to stay. He's very chill. He just basically sits there like a plant and sort of chills and you know sure. chuck- chuckles yeah. and chats to the kids and watches TV. <laughs> yes. My mum is very okay. different. Um, she's like wants to be doing things. Oh. If something needs doing, she won't just let you do it. She starts doing it. My mum is nearly eighty, and I want her to sit down and relax and enjoy. Yeah life and not do the fucking washing up the moment that the last fork has touched the plate and everybody's finished dinner she's like Shh, like i don't know how she like teleports to the sink and she's doing yeah. it i'm like please don't do that <laughs> a we have a dishwasher and b you keep breaking stuff so uh don't um so, but she but you can't she just, say that i know but she the thing is I, i've decided like like sips being that stunned state after a couple of days of sort of getting used to the fact especially she's here for like a decent chunk of time um, I just sort of ignore her when she's yeah. doing that stuff. Well, I just tune her out when she's having some boomer opinion. And this is what gets me when people call me a boomer. When you spend time with actual boomers, you realize oh my that's God, why yeah. people don't like boomers. Because they <laughs> never stop fucking booming. They really oh, don't. Oh, man. It's just like when the older they get, too, they just get so locked in their ways, you know, and they just yeah. cannot handle the fact that well, life is moving on like quickly it. without them, you know? They're just... Definitely my my dad has some, some sometimes comes out with something slightly dated and I'm 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 always like what? 
Look at that colored fellow over there, Lewis. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. It's weird, though. I don't know if you have a, the, this kind of relationship with your parents, but like, I wouldn't challenge mine. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like, well, you see, the thing is, actually, like, I, I, I just wouldn't. Like, I, I, I don't want to have. I used to, but it doesn't sink in. Yes, that's the like thing. The, like, the, I, the rigidity I, of their brain is uh, maybe getting old. Your brain starts to harden. And yeah. new ideas. I'm the I'm the same. I've tried before, but it I, it just like it's you know, I might as well slam my head into a or wall. They'll, they'll go, right? oh, oh, interesting. Oh no, maybe you're right. But then they'll express the exact same opinion ten minutes later, like you never had this conversation. So yeah. I just gave up. I just gave or, up. Or or the classic, and maybe your parents don't do this, but mine do from time to time. They like they almost like throw it back in your face too. You know, like you'll be talking about something, or something will go not in your favor uh, relating to the opinion that you expressed and then they'll kind of turn around and be like hmm see told you so <laughs> told you you <laughs> right. shouldn't have trusted those people or whatever and you're just like yeah. okay fuck it's like it's this one really isolated specific thing all right you didn't get me you have not got me like it's just <laughs> i'm not gotten <laughs> oh man yeah i think so, there's uh, obviously cer there's certain like landmarks right in our history where we've kind of become accepting of certain things right and i think you know racism is still a thing definitely but it's it's like the older generation now pretty much aren't too problematic with that i think the previous generation were a little bit and yeah. now i think then, then it became like you know sort of a, a broad acceptance of gay people and um now it's becoming a, a broad acceptance of trans people but i think like that that's another 20 years from now right we are going to see you know problems with old people being biased these ways because it takes a long time for it to filter through for yeah. them to die uh, out is what it is yeah really. I, I i think like but some things like hating immigrants seems to be pretty persistent oh that, that's <laughs> like, all the rage i'd say like that's no really one cool. like we haven't i think broadly i think society has not broadly accepted that you know yeah immigrants are not bad like there's always there's, they're very easy to blame you I know, mean, here's the like... thing that every country in Europe has problems with, uh, like, you know, immigrants in terms of certain political parties will be running on a platform of there's too many of them, they should go home. Right. We, we yeah. were kind of ahead of the curve on that with Brexit, because that was regardless of what people say, that was a big factor was that we didn't have control of our borders and stuff like that. Now, just to correct something, and I'm sure I'll get some fucking posts about this when we pushed, and it was us pushing when we were in the EU to get Eastern Europe into the EU, everybody else in Europe set hard limits on the number of people from those countries that could move to their countries within a certain time frame. Right. Everybody. We didn't. Under Labour, they were like, I don't think that many will come. And like two <laughs> to two and a half million people came here from places like Poland and, and all the other Eastern European countries. Yeah. And Tony Blair subsequently said, we had no idea it was going to be that many. We just fucking dropped the ball on it. That influx of people flip people's minds because as much as people like to think that conservative just means fiscal policy or you don't like brown people or whatever, a lot of the time it's just people who don't like change. They want everything yeah. to remain the same as from when they were younger all the way to when they're older, the same, the same, the same. They want to conserve the, the status quo. Yeah. And when you suddenly drop two and a half million people from outside England into England or Britain, then it freaks some people out and they can't handle it. I don't think there's ever been a problem in places like London or Bristol no, no. or 
Or other big cities? Bigger like cities, for sure, yeah. Rural, rural areas, I, right. I can't imagine it would be so much of a problem either because I know, like, uh, maybe maybe this is the case in the UK as well, but certainly in Jersey, like, uh, the agricultural industry is hinged on uh, yeah. the fact that immigrants do come over and will work those jobs. I, like, yeah. I, I, I'm generalizing, but I'd say most people... Uh, who are born and bred locally uh, when they leave school want to work in like an office or a bank or, you know, whatever right. is the, the kind of, you know, um, job of, of the day sort of thing. And, and not many of them are, are, are queuing up to go work in fields and stuff like that. And, but, you know what I mean? Like the, a lot of seasonal workers yeah, from, yeah. I mean, it, like the, Romania, the is, for example. The money doesn't go as far. It doesn't well, go as far. Well, yeah, in, they'll in come the over here and they'll work those jobs, and yeah. we like they they they're absolutely essential. Like we just wouldn't have any food and to it, harvest. And this it's stuff insane. is like the, the thing is, this has happened in every country, and it happened in America. And then they sort of the idea was that the seasonal workers would would the thing the thing that happened in America was they put up this wall to stop people coming in yeah, they know, need to them stop so these badly like in. but the seasonal workers came in anyway but then they yeah. couldn't get out <laughs> that was the thing and so they ended up staying because it was too much faff to yeah, go home yeah, and come yeah. back and go home cuz over back. here i know a and lot so, of it like a, a lot of their um like the bigger farms especially the ones that policies, are sort of like part you know, of like the the big co-ops the and stuff they have like you know lodgings they have everything they've got all these systems for like um you know uh, paying them like uh, seasonally but then I, I think there's like systems to pay them beyond that to to incentivize them to come back next season and, and all sorts like it's like they they really have had to put all this stuff together to get people i over. think i think immigration this whole thing is it's kind of this idea of it's like this idea of veiled racism right i watched this documentary about about it's really interesting. It's called Wild Wild Country. It's on Netflix. It was out a while ago. But, Is that the one where the um, thumbnail got this, like a guy with a beard? Yes, okay. <laughs> uh, I know nothing about, about it except for there's a Indian oh, guru. Okay, yes, yeah. Well, so he's this Indian guru, like all Indian gurus, who seems to get loads of Western followers into his sort of slightly offbeat spiritual yeah. guidance and. And, you know, people go to India and they have a spiritual awakening and they fucking meditate and shag each other and, yeah. you know, the usual, right? Um, and so what happened was he obviously was pushed out of hold India on, hold for on, tax evasion or whatever. This is, this is wild, wild go country, on. right? So we, we yeah. literally yeah, 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 yeah. spoke about this, like, 20 episodes ago. Did we? Ages I mean, I mean, literally. That's why I must be recalling it. Just, just in case we wanted to not, well, not do it again. Okay. I, I can't remember talking to you about it, but basically I watched it and, and what there's what this one bit where so they settle in Oregon next to this like tiny town of like forty people. And it's so funny because there's this bit in the documentary where basically the the forty people of Antelope are, are so and kind of racist against any kind of immigration. But at the same time, so they're saying like, well, they've got like a concentration camp going on there, you know, they're like Hitler. And then the other the other side, you know, the the Hindus, the sort of well, the, yeah, the yeah. Indian sort of the religious followers are like, we're being persecuted. Right. They're like Hitler. And so they're, they're instantly <laughs> instantly both jump to yeah. call each other Hitler. And and you can totally see it from from both angles, right? In a sense, like he, it is, it's kind of like a cult, but it's not a cult, and it's it's problematic, but it's not it is, problematic. It's a, it's a bonkers they're, they're, story. It really is. It's but, a but very it sums strange, up the, very I think it's an exaggerated story. vision of 
I mean, for example, I remember we were ta- I was talking about this on stream maybe last year, and I was going around some random. I was trying to find towns in 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 England specifically that were like really crappy places to live, like Doncaster and places like that. No offense to anyone from Doncaster, but it's a dump. Like you know, it, it's a. It's dump. a good example of places one of the like worst that. Places. And, and I was just going yeah. around on Google Street View. And you'd be surprised how many of these places where you think no one's going to come to Britain and move to Macclesfield or whatever, they, they do. And on the high street, there's all Polish shops and there's like halal butchers and just walking around, you see people that are clearly from outside the UK. Just, the, you know, the way they dress or the way they look or the shops that they go to. And I think for a lot of those towns, they were like, they're taking over. And if you are a plumber and suddenly you're competing with Polish plumbers, those people freak out and they're like, this is not fair. The thing is that we're going to find is that when all those people are booted out or told to leave, the prices for everything are going to go through the fucking roof. And that is certainly the case. Things have gone up. In my experience, things have become more expensive trying to get stuff done. And I I mean, you know, to, to whose benefit is this? I guess this is great for the plumbers, but it fucking sucks for everybody else. And I know food costs have gone up partly because of the war and inflation, a bunch of other reasons, but things are just more expensive. We have to fucking import everything now. And a lot of the stuff that we were growing that we were exporting, we can't fucking export it now because, you know, they're going to get it from somewhere else. So it's a big fucking shit show. But I think at its root, it really came down to the fact that people just don't like foreigners turning up and taking their fucking jobs. That's it. <laughs> and yeah, I, I get it. But like, uh, at the same time, I don't. Like, it just, it doesn't make any fucking sense. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I think America that prides itself on being built of they've got such a short memory do you know what i mean they 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 were built out of immigrants a couple of yeah, hundred years ago yeah but they were white ago. immigrants and though. that's the thing germans oh, scandinavians you know people from britain Any irish tanned people. immigrants are Nether- slightly suspicious i mean when the italians turned up they were like whoa this is close to the line you know italy <laughs> why would you leave italy it's perfectly nice there man oh man yeah i don't know it's it's america for americans and, and that's how they defend it as well they're like well i just want there to be americans here <laughs> It's like, well, I mean, it's a, they call it like dog whistle politics, right? When they talk about real Americans, what they mean is white Americans a lot of the time and stuff like that. Like, uh, yeah, people don't count. Where are you really from? But we we do the same thing over here. Like, uh, you know, I, I remember when I was at school that there were like, I mean, it was in Bournemouth. So there were there were. Let me think. One, two, three non-white kids in a school of a thousand kids, right? Uh, which is unimaginable yeah. in London. You would have to specifically close the gates of the school. Uh, or a, a whole bunch of places in Britain, really. I mean, the the idea of going to like Bradford and having a school of a thousand kids and three of them are not white is like, well, you had to do this deliberately. Um, but Bournemouth was just a place where it was just a very, very white place. And people would always ask, where are you from to these kids? And they'd be like, Bristol or whatever. You know, they would say where they were from. No, no, where yeah. are you really from? Like, that's a that's a, an, an implied thing is if you are not white and you're in a country that is majority white, you must have snuck in somehow. Well, you don't really belong here. You know, you're just visiting sort of thing. So as the numbers of those people start to go up, people feel their country is being taken over. And that's why we get all this bullshit. It's uh, it's crazy. Yeah. It sounds like an innocent question, but it it isn't. You know, especially if you ask it to someone who isn't white in a white Where place. Where are you from? You know? I mean, yeah. It's a, it's a funny... It's easy for people to like. I'm sure people are culturally aware, and they'll say, "Oh, my right. family's originally from Hong Kong or somewhere." But, but you know, I think that said with a strong Bournemouth accent. <laughs> or Moosh, yeah, you know, but I mean, because... I, for example, like if you if you meet someone and they've got a strong accent, if they've got a strong accent, I'll ask them where they're from, regardless, because it's interesting. 
Like we had some neighbors move in recently. They had a very strong Scandinavian accent. I couldn't tell if it was, it was very strong. I couldn't tell if it was Danish or Swedish. And I aired on the side of Swedish. I said, are you guys Swedish? They were like, yes. I was like, wow, that's awesome. And we, you know, we chatted a bit about Sweden and stuff. I, I'm perfectly comfortable asking them that question because they have a strong accent. But the black lady that lives down the road, I'm not going to be like, where are yeah. you from? Because she'd probably be like, fucking Fulham, you <laughs> idiot. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but if she had a really strong yeah. African accent, like our other one of our other black neighbors, it's it's a it's not a particularly diverse neighborhood. Twickenham, it's it's pretty good, but not by London standards. But I asked her where she was from. She's from somewhere in Africa, North Africa. Um, and you know that she's got all kinds of stories about about what it's like living there and the the difference from fucking Twickenham to like I think she's from Morocco. Um, and it's like completely different, as you can imagine. That's an interesting conversation. I don't think there's any, there's no fucking problem asking someone where they're from if they have a strong accent. But the idea that just by dint of the so. color of their skin, they must be from somewhere else is it's like it's it's context dated. of the conversation as well. Right, you know? exactly. Like if you're if you're having small chat with somebody and they're saying like, oh yeah, I remember when I was a kid, we used to go here and stuff, and you're like, oh, where are you from? You know, right. like it's it doesn't come across as bad. You don't as open with that. Your opener being, <laughs> where are you from? <laughs> Exactly. You don't look oh, like you're from here. Like, yeah, where are you, you from? <laughs> you must be from crazy place. Far over, over water that never end. Man, I love the caveman. I yeah. love the cave. We, we should just do caveman podcasts. Where are you from? Go back home. Go to Fulham. I have had an interesting tweet, gents. Right. Is it? Is this it is, from a stripper? Okay, go for, yes. go for it. Yes. Hello, stripper here. I listen to the podcast while I get ready for work and found your discourse on strip clubs very interesting slash entertaining. I'll say if you guys are ever on the Gold Coast, oh, for Christ's sake, don't let Lewis into a strip club. <laughs> I love that line. Oh yeah. man, don't worry, we won't. Yeah. We're, we're never taking this guy to a strip on club. On the Gold Coast. Yeah, you've got you've got our word. You have our word on it. I'm uh, I yeah, I'm not ready for He's I'm not, not ready, ready for any of that. He's not ready. I've t I've I've never been ready. You know me. Yeah. Um Oh, thank you, though, for getting in contact. Honestly, the, you never I, know. We I'm never know who's you, actually... We don't know what we're saying. We don't I know do, what we're doing. But more doing. importantly, I would never have thought a stripper would be listening to the Triforce podcast. I don't know why. I don't even remember what I said as well. God. Okay. Uh, thank you, though. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I feel like this is... You know how like there's this big debate going on in the world about the uh, overturning the Roe versus Wade abortion thing, right? Right, right. And how, yeah, yeah. how half of American states are basically still hostile to abortion like it's the fucking 1960s again right and but the problem is we get all this spillover here like we get we're getting angry on behalf of this american dumbassery and we talk about this a lot of trifles but it's, it's weird how a lot of us get upset about these things that happen in america even though it's a very different place it's, it's weird but um, it, it, it isn't though because at, when you think of like uh like uh the west like Western society, um, you know, like a lot of a lot of countries who share the same kind of ideals as America do towards you know capitalism and all that other fun stuff. Um, I think that well, I think America are so under the microscope because people are looking to see what is is happening there because there's such a huge part of anchoring the West where it is. You know what I mean? I like, like if you, if America didn't exist, it'd be, it'd be tougher for like, uh, for, for the West to, to sort of maintain the West. You know what I mean? Like they, they have a, like this tremendous, uh, military intelligence service, like all these, all these things that like, uh, happen behind the scenes that we just sort of, 
you benefit from, I guess, you know, their influence and their um their, their yeah. size and all like all that kind of stuff, you know, when you when you think that there's other other really big uh like powerful countries out there that you know, if if America didn't exist, would have a lot more influence than they do now, sort of thing. You know what I mean? We, I mean, we don't take much of a a cue from like Germany, do we? But no, I mean, America like, certainly somebody is would a, have a big to influence. Somebody would, if if not for America, somebody would You're have right. to, to to kind of step up, right, and be the, the 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 sort of the big brother of the West. Well, let's say America was still Britain. If we still owned America, we just have the United States and Britain. Yeah. Uh, just, I, I guess we'd be in charge. We'd be fucking ridiculously enormous. I guess you're right. Like, like we do definitely take our cues from certain certain nations. I think it's all automatically osmosis yeah. through the through yeah. from American culture and American things that happen. In in a way, like we should try and and some people do try and use Scandinavia and. Uh, and maybe we should be using Germany as more of a model, you know, sorting out, you know, giving giving people student student actually grants to to go to university. And I think in Germany you don't don't pay to go to uni. I don't, is that I right? don't know. I know German that, um, I don't know. There's they a... have a different school system. This is going from a German lad I spoke to. So any Germans listening, I apologize if I've got this wrong. I'm not saying this is correct, but this is this is the gist of what he told me was that you get to a certain point in your schooling, so the equivalent of like, in America, high school over here, secondary school, and at a certain point you branch, all the kids are siphoned off into certain pathways. So you go into more of an arty school, or you go into more of a technical school, or like science or, you know, vocational or whatever. And at that point, it's essentially, it's decided, look, you're not gonna cut it as a physicist or a mathematician. So we're going to push you into a more of a vocational qualifications like engineering and, and stuff like that. And these kids who are like more academic, we're going to push them more into academic qualifications. And the kids who just want to fucking paint and do fashion or whatever, they're going to go down this road. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we've pushed against. Um, like if you think about school now, you, you can Certainly, it was the case when I was at school. You had to you you had to wait until you were taking your A levels before you really started to yeah. to specialize. So you were still learning things that essentially you had no interest in, weren't good at, and wouldn't need when you went to university. You were still teaching kids those things rather than allowing them to focus on it. Things. Is it is uh, bizarre. which is odd because yeah, I, I know that one of the arguments against taking some kids and not teaching them about say Shakespeare is that it's seen as gatekeeping people from certain backgrounds mainly working class backgrounds being told no no we're going to push you into plumbing or whatever mm. at 15 because that's all you're good for but i think that the idea that telling kids who don't have an interest in that thing don't worry we're still going to teach you shakespeare and and art and music and history and they're like i don't care about any of this shit i want to get a job and i want to learn how to do that is essentially you're denying people the opportunity so if you said to kids a 15 or 14 or whatever age they have to make that decision, you have to choose now. Is that fair? Because that's my daughter in two years, say, or three years. Does she have to decide her future? Well, uh, it's really she... it really depends on the environment that she's being brought up in. I, I feel like if you're 15 years old and you're you're desperate to go out and, and work, it's because there's not a lot of disposable income right. um, being thrown around your house to begin with. Uh, which just limits a lot of your your scope and your opportunities, right? Like if you're if you if you live in a house where your parents both um, are are only just scraping by, sort of thing, right. you are gonna you are gonna at some early point in your life think 
if I want to do anything, I've got to go out and earn some money and, and right. work, right? And, to, and for a lot of kids, if school is if not doing something for them, they want to get yeah. out. It's liberating to be working. Let's get them back into work. Get them to yeah, work, yeah. I'd say. I mean, I've, I don't recall the last time I saw yeah, a like canny, a 10-year-old working. Who can do good needlework. Get them, put them to work. You know? Yeah, they got those small little fingers and stuff. They'd be really right. sew up some soccer balls and wallets and stuff. No problem. Like yeah, like my chimney is really blocked up. There's my shoes yes. that need shining. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shoe shine. <laughs> Someone <laughs> needs to bring me my newspaper. I don't know. You definitely uh, bump into people who. You know, the the moment they leave school, we'll just start to work. Like, yeah. like I've 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 met that's, tons of people. That's most like, people, like that. I think. In all but honesty. you do you do uh, also meet people who sort of not really flounder around, but you know they 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 have the luxury and the opportunity to spend some time figuring it out, and then you know they start working when they're in their twenties instead. For example, there's always those people you think, "How are you affording to just not do anything all the time?" Yeah. And then there's those other people who have had like a full time job and gone to uni yeah. and done it since they yeah. were sixteen. Do you know what I mean? And being like, and are still doing it. They're like, "Oh yeah, I'm just doing my PhD, and I've yeah, still got yeah, this full time job that I'm doing." In like, yeah. and it's like, what the heck? Yeah, some people just are absolutely amazing yeah um and i have huge respect for those people who've who've done that because i i worked in sainsbury's for two years um, as a when i was at uni and it was horrible i hated it it was very hard and to try and do do both i wanted that extra disposable income oh, yeah you know? but you if you're a student at the time it's a bit different because you're just like i you know my 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 the, the scope of my life is is very limited right now like i i just go to school which is probably already paid for or whatever but i need like you know money to eat or to go out or you know whatever to pay my subscription to world of warcraft <laughs> whatever you know <laughs> you, you need you need some money right yeah. but like um it, it's a it's a little bit different when you become an adult and um and and you know you're still working a job like that and it everything is just constantly going up and it's just harder and harder and harder for you to do everything you need to do right like fucking people who have to end up getting like a second job to supplement and and all that kind of stuff that that that's hard as hell like it's just and yeah. it's such a it's such a rut to get into and it's so hard to get out of it you know what i mean like it's it it, it just really sucks mm. i think if you have the opportunity to you know to do something um a bit a bit more um like out of the ordinary or whatever you can start working later because your your parents can help you do that or you can you can go to university uh for something that's not um you know like like something like like art or whatever you know what i mean right. that that's not guaranteed to just bring in money immediately but you know in the long run could be crazy that's great but not everybody has also, that also it's something right? that you want to do like I think when you're young and you've got no responsibilities, that should be the time to gamble. Not when you're older and you have responsibilities and hopefully a mortgage and fucking kids and stuff like that. That's yeah. when it's much harder. Yeah, the decisions is, you yeah. make become much harder. Yeah. Whereas when you're 20, 21 and you fucking have a go, have mm -hmm. a go. It's something that you desperately want to do. You'll you'll have the energy to work long hours and work your balls off and go for well, it. Well, that's that's yeah, that's your chance to. That's I mean that is. Uh, it's not everyone has that opportunity, even even at that age. But I think that you know, you're, I think we're su you're supposed to. I think sometimes 
when you're that age as well, you you just kind of are washed along. You've got your own priorities. You're worried about your appearance and your. I worry about my appearance constantly. Will will my head dazzle onlookers, for example? (laughs) I think teen uh, as a teenager, I didn't really think about or feel like I felt about those things. You know, I was vulnerable and and brilliant, and you know, well, you had a very different teenage life to I'd say most human beings. You felt you were invulnerable when you were a teenager. That's how you felt. Yeah, I think a lot of teenagers think they're they they they'll live forever. Yeah, I I, I think. Yeah, uh, but I'm talking about the crippling social anxiety and and fear of looking foolish in front of other people and those are all much more teenagery things I'd yeah, say. Yeah, those but, are very teenagery things. Well, I had sure, all yeah. those as well. You said you, you know, just felt but, invulnerable. Well, do you mean purely he from did, a health man. standpoint? He, well, he had uh, he had like the the skater wallet chain and the frosted tips and stuff. So I think that <laughs> contributed true. to the invulnerability. He probably thought Nothing could no, break one, me down. no one when they're 16 <laughs> is thinking about getting married and having No, no you're no, right, you're right. teenage boy anyway yeah. is thinking about life and actually like this the the jobs that you will end up you know the drudgery of of the day to day well some but that's the thing like like i'm saying like if you you know like uh, i feel like people who immediately go out into work because they have to um probably are a bit more aware of that ahead of time than 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 others right like it's yeah yeah the, the they have they got them. yeah i've got some emails if we're ready for that it's a little early oh yeah hit me i'm definitely down to listening to what the, the listeners have dug up this time okay so we got a guy mitchell mitchell has emailed uh emailed us a uh, couple of things first of all do you remember your album club that you started up sips yeah well he started his own back in 2019 with his mates they've been doing an album a week yeah and he says it's expanded his selection of bands and artists yes uh, but he's there's only two of them left now yeah but um but they keep it up it, it, you would loved it when you were doing that i loved it yeah i i want to uh, do it again i don't it just it's one of those things that everybody has to really make an effort to keep doing right it's one of those things that's very easy to just get lazy with you know yeah, one week and miss then, a week and then and never then... come back to it yeah but um i want to i want to do it again for sure because there's just so many so many albums like old and new you know what i mean like it was just uh, we we were listening to all sorts like we were we were, we were tending towards more sort of like classic rock albums but we were talking about yeah, all yeah. sorts of stuff at the time and uh even just through talking about um older albums i was introduced to some newer music as well which was um, nice like oh like uh, what's her name um bush that's it the one that you like his favorite (laughs) yes gosh i'd say the number one topic for emails this week appears to be bathrooms right about not having a lot so first of all i i did forget one detail that I, i discovered when i went down to the bathroom after the podcast which is there is a lock on the bathroom door, but it broke. Right. So we did used to have a lock on the door, but I just can't figure out how to fix it. And I just can't be bothered to get a new door handle. Turns out a lot and of people have weird fucking opinions about bathrooms, including us. It's true. So, so this guy says, yeah. you mentioned knocking, this is Mitchell still, as, as a method of checking if a bathroom is occupied. And he's in college at the moment. And he's noticed that over the last four years on his campus, nobody knocks before trying to get in the bathroom. They're just like, on the handle. Yeah, yeah. And when it doesn't open, and they give up 
Uh, I always knock if I see a closed door, especially if it's a door where you would expect someone to be doing something behind it. Whether it's my daughter's room, she might be getting changed or something. Yeah, or... all right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, first, it's like a shout, then a knock, and I just then go, a rattle. And then if they go, oh, no, I'm in here, I go, okay, no problem. Yeah, like there's a tier list yeah, right there, right? Shout, knock, rattle. Like, they, they, they just, <laughs> and then, just follow and then the kick down simple... the door and charge in. Yeah, yeah. kick. Yeah. What's going goes... on? you got a Kool-Aid man your way into every situation. <laughs> <laughs> it goes, shout. Knock, rattle, hard shove, and then flashbang entry. Yes. And, right. and check your coordinates. See. Yeah. Roll, roll a flashbang. Yeah. You've got to put the little mirror under the door. <laughs> mirror, robot. Man, flashback. sometimes I enter my my <laughs> kids' bedrooms and I feel like somebody's already done the flashbang before me. Like uh, their rooms are a fucking mess. <laughs> Jesus, can't even open the door yeah. sometimes. This has already been raided. There's no loot in here. <laughs> somebody, yeah, somebody else has already done this. So here's a here's an email from Frank, which is not a name you hear as much anymore. Shout out to Frank. Let's give Frank the big up this week. Actually, big, big up to Frank. Big up to Frank. What a name. What a name. Uh, one day. When I was 10 years old, I was using the downstairs bathroom near the living room when my elementary school crush unexpectedly showed up with her mother to sell Girl Scout cookies. Since they were our neighbors, my parents invited them in. I should note that the downstairs bathroom fan was extremely loud due to birds making a nest inside of the vent for the fan, so twigs and weeds would slap against the blades of the fan, making it very obvious when someone was within. Now, I will say, Frank, without going on, that's the fine detail about your bathroom fan that your neighbor's daughter might not be aware of. Yeah. Just saying. My entire family came out to select their favorite cookies while I was in the bathroom. And recognizing the voice of the girl and her mother, I dare not step out of the bathroom, basically announcing my shit to my crush. So he didn't want to come out of the bathroom with her there. Because certainly when you're young, you don't want to let anyone know that, yes, you also shit. Yeah. Like, that's certainly... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I elected to stay in the bathroom. But how long could they stay anyway? They stayed for over an hour and a half. Every moment I weighed just stepping out as waiting another 10 minutes would make it look like I was in a fight for my life or just had massive shit. This is some Larry shit. David shit, this is. isn't it? I figured they would think it was empty, so I took the risk and stayed hidden. They finally left and were able to deduce who was in the bathroom, so the mother said, have a nice day, and I hope Frank is okay. At school the following day, <laughs> it had instantly spread that I take hour and a half long shits and must be terribly constipated. Oh, uh, luckily, my. the girl and I went to separate schools and the rumor died. So, oh, Frank, that's dear. dreadful. I feel very Man, sorry. Man, you would have never lived that one down had you gone to the same school. You would have just been known as Constipated Frank, Mr. Constipator, like, <laughs> on, like for the rest of your life. <laughs> The Constipator. That's the new Marvel legend. Yeah, I God, heard. yeah. That's, that's coming the next out. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be shit. Yeah, there oh. was a there was a mention of him in uh, Marvel issue um, number fifty two back in nineteen seventy one. Yeah, they had an so after here. the credits. He had an after the credits appearance in 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 Morbius. Yes, yeah. yeah, fuck's sake. All right, well, that's a good email. I did see a few complaints, uh, bathroom related, comp not complaints, you know, but. Thoughts. Let's just leave it there. You got any more? I do. I'm, I have I'm one excited. from Rochi, uh, a long-time listener, uh, first-time writer. Um, he says we talked about uh, the three-word naming system for maps, and oh, yeah. and you suggested that we should name people that way by picking three random words. And he's, he would yeah. just like to point out that we already do that. 
with a first, middle, and last name. <laughs> yeah, but they're good not point. unique, are they? Good point. Think, yeah. Oh, I suppose they point. are unique. Literally, do already. Do we that. already do um, do that. So uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I was streaming the other day. I was streaming the other day, and uh, Bournemouth got promoted to the Premier League again, which wow. was great news. We uh, we beat Nottingham Forest one nil. It was a close game, but we got there. It's been a bizarre season. We're in the Premier League again next season, which is very exciting. But I got talking about the time that I went to Gillingham in. Kent, not Gillingham in Dorset, but Gillingham and Kent for an away game. And um, it was a miserable experience. It was a late winner for Gillingham, sent us home with nothing. And the people of Gillingham, troll-like as they are, uh, came out uh, from their houses and to the end of the street to throw the wanker go sign. Home. Ooh, go home! Go home, wankers! And to, to give us the wanker <laughs> sign and chase after the bus, slapping it and shouting all the way out of Gillingham. And these people must have been listening on the radio. Uh, it was not outside the stadium. This was as we're driving out of Gillingham. People were coming to the end of the road to pick, to give us the finger and everything as we as the coach was leaving. I'll never forget that, wow. Gillingham. Uh, and I, I, I told With them that I was pitchforks. delighted to see that they'd been relegated. And I hope... Andy Hessenthaler is burns in hell because he was, I think he was the guy who scored the goal. He was a fucking dickhead. Um, I think I drove through Gillingham once. Yeah, it's a shit up. Gillingham, yeah. this guy, it's, it's in Kent. Lewis, his name is Lewis. Um, okay, he says uh, he likes the Triforce. Blah blah blah. I see you slagging off Gillingham on Twitter, and I concur. I'm a long-suffering Pompey <laughs> fan. I haven't been to Priestfield. Their ground needs condemning. Yes, it's true. Um, he says it's a shit hole, <laughs> and the tannoy is awful. And the announcer had the audacity to say, here is your dockyard derby. Uh, because I don't know why they said that, but it, Portsmouth obviously is a port. I don't know if Gillingham is. I thought it was inland. Anyway, no, it's, on the, it's, on the, it's on the Thames, isn't it? It's like Gillingham? along the... Is it? Oh, whatever. Yeah. I don't remember. It was can nighttime. I, um, can I ask a, a, a quick question just um, just for my knowledge banks? Um, I'm data. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, have you ever become misty-eyed or even shed a full tear whilst watching a football match? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Very. I mean, when England got knocked out of the World Cup, um, you know, that was, that was, that was about when we lost the Euro final. Yeah. When we lost the Euro final, I was crying. My daughter was crying. It was heartbreaking. It was yeah. heartbreaking. When we, you know, missed out on the playoffs one time. This was early on in my time supporting Bournemouth. We, we failed to finish sixth because we couldn't, I think it was Walsall at home either way. We failed to win this game that would have got us into the playoffs. Shed a, shed a small tear there. But yeah, it's, uh, and also when we got promoted, when we beat Lincoln 5 2, um, this would have been going from League Two to League One. There were many tiers of, of celebration. What that, are that what are day. some like just out of interest, like you know, like you've you've admitted to crying like during football and stuff like that. Well, I, I, understandable. Some people are very passionate about um, football and other sports and stuff. But right. what are some like odd things that you've cried at? in your life that you can remember adverts yeah i'm the, I'm adverts. the same sometimes right like the <laughs> adverts yeah, yeah especially those ones like uh like i remember i think i was tired at the time because like I've, <laughs> this is normally a factor yeah i tired think i was super tired drunk. at the time or and i think it was like right after my son was born our firstborn i uh, was born but remember that that fucking google ad for for gmail that was on like a long time ago. And it was like a dad sending emails to an account that he'd set up for his son, who then grew up into a man and read all these emails that his dad 
sent him right that had me on my ass i was like yeah. i was like fucking i don't know what the hell was wrong with me like i watched it again like a couple days later and i was fine but like the first time i saw that i was just like oh my god i cried all kinds of stupid yeah stuff. it's like, weird eh? i watched you know the fucking uh murder on the orient express they remade it kenneth branagh it was dreadful yeah and me and Mrs. F were watching that and laughing at how bad it was. At the end, Michelle Pfeiffer gives this very impassioned speech. I was crying my eyes out like a fucking baby. I, and I hated that film. I thought it was shit. I but her performance was so good. And yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer was so good that I was just like... <laughs> I was crying about her performance because it was, you know, it was a really impassioned speech, very yeah. moving. Yeah. And I thought, man, this fucking film sucked. And it, Mrs. F was like, are you crying at Murder on the Orient Express? And I was like <laughs> laughing and trying not to show that I was crying, but I was I was really crying. So yeah, oh, it's, it's just one of those things. It gets yeah. you. The, uh, the movie Up, Pixar's Up. You know that first, uh, like the, like the kind of like the start of the movie where you see like the... The, the 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 childhood sweethearts get married and you see their life together and they're trying to have children and they can't have children and they get older and older and then you're the, making uh, me feel and, like and a psychopath the, the wife, I don't cry the wife passes away which is the whole premise for the the rest of the movie right right um, yeah oh my god like i don't think i've ever cried so much whilst watching a movie in my life and i felt really embarrassed too because it was like a fucking i think everybody kids cried movie, at that right? scene like, like yeah it's... um but i mean i saw it before i had kids as well so i'm just like the, i'm an <laughs> adult <laughs> sitting there with my adult wife with like just bawling my fucking <laughs> eyes out there's all these kids with i think crying in movies is is fine like yeah. they're, they're, they're very emotional it's very it's I overwhelming only cry at an epic I, like i've said this before but i cried in lord of the rings when the uh the army of the dead all came out and uh, the army wrecked, of the dead that wrecked, bit was the worst the bit oh no i don't know why i just teared up charging charging down the hill that was great but the fucking that army of the good. dead was i, teared up I just that. thought I man this time in lord of the rings all the, just ghosts Ghosts I'm enjoying the. I'm enjoying the old. I'm. In, I'm. I don't know. Like epic moments get me teary-eyed. Like you know, right? Re revenge and like people getting their comeuppance. Yeah. You yeah. Know? There's some really like, epic oh. moments like that uh, that I can't think of off the top of my head, but I've, <laughs> I've certainly seen a couple of movies where I I know I've been like like a bit emotional and like yeah. like I get rooting. I get wrapped up in the swelling epic music as well the fantasy music that that gets me I I think music too like I mean I've music I've, music gets some me music all gets, the time gets me yeah too. music yeah. Yeah. oh so so uh, Lewis continues that he he thinks Pompey are the biggest team on the south coast which is fucking hilarious Portsmouth is a fucking Port dump Portsmouth. and your team fucking sucks right and if oh, I come never on. go to Portsmouth again. It will be a life South Coast well massive. spent. Fuck Come off, on, you Portsmouth. got you you Fuck got to like Portsmouth. you got to have some friends. Fuck you, can't, off you can't alienate. <laughs> you've already you've already made an enemy of Gilly. You need allies. Is, it, is this thing working? Fuck <laughs> off, Portsmouth. <laughs> a, right? I feel like this is such an English thing, like that. You know, like I, I he like, doesn't I mean know, it. Like, he doesn't mean it. He likes Gilly. Like, go to your KFC or whatever you got. Up, maybe it's you like this in Canada, but I don't remember it being like this in Canada. But like I, I don't ever remember hearing a conversation, having conversation where people are like fuck you toronto you fucking city of cunts like fucking stupid ass toronto it's a very like football, you know what i mean that, football thing isn't it yeah it's like very like any any conversation i heard around sports when i was younger and maybe it's because I was younger, so people were watching themselves. But it was always very sort of passive aggressive, you know. It's mm. like, oh, yeah, you ready for the Habs to lose again tonight and stuff. Like, it was never like, fuck you, Montreal, fucking stupid ass. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like in England, they just don't hold back, man. Like, uh, you know, like if you if somebody supports 
uh, I, uh, a site that's not yours. It's just like you're, you're just all guns blazing. I think it's like, all surface all, like- level, but unfortunately that all blends into a deeper level and then you get people who don't really understand that it's not serious, yeah. you know? And they, they're, they're, unfortunately, the average football fan isn't the the sharpest, you know, tool in this, this the... Um, Rude. Who's keeping their tools in a shed and expecting <laughs> them to remain sharp? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, man. Well, you know, like, it's a fucking shed, and it's not the sharpest tool in the shed. We'll get a better shed, may your, may your blades never dull, because uh, if you leave them out in the rain and they get all rusty, they will dull. But uh, if you have a shed to protect them from the elements, they will dull... Less but quickly. most sheds are dumps. You've been in a shed? Would you want to live in a shed? I'm saying, if you said he's not the sharpest tool in the well-appointed and well-tended workshop, then then I'd then I'd be interested. The sharpest knife on the on the um on the knife rack. Knife rack. Yeah. Yeah. He's the okay. sharpest. No, he's not the sharpest knife on an otherwise well-kept. But all of those knives, of knives are pretty sharp, though. That's the thing. Yeah, you it's know. still a knife. I mean, that still has an edge to it. Not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Well, you're keeping your knives in a drawer. They all your have problem. some sort of standard, whereas I feel like a tool shed, you can have a wide array of different tools for all the different jobs, right? True. So you but will find some around. really, really dull blades in there. <laughs> True. I mean, for example, not the sharpest tool in the shed. Or the what is it? The brightest tool in the shed? Which one is it? It's the, the sharpest knife and the brightest in, tool. What's the right? brightest spark one? The brightest spark in the I don't in know. the dark. Yeah. yeah, sure. <laughs> had one, had another filing email from Arvid. When are we gonna get move past the filing? Catch I up. know, dude. People. The thing is. I, I, I was thinking about this. It's no offense to any filers out there. I know you guys are listening. Um, it's a boring job a lot Shout of the time. Shout out to the filer massive. <laughs> <laughs> it's a boring job. <laughs> They're going to listen to the podcast. So we, our audience is made up of people doing menial work that is boring. Except for the stripper that tweeted us. Exactly. Know. But Man, I'm saying, imagine that's she's rare. just got like some some earbuds in while she's like doing some dances and she's just listening can to us talking. Can you forward that email as well over just for interest? What, so the filer? Bring... No. <laughs> or do you yeah. mean the tweeter? Yeah, send me that she one. She tweeted at you, you goob. What, the stripper? Yes. Oh yeah. At Pyrian, at Sips, at Yogscast Lewis. Hello, I don't stripper use here. My, I don't use my Twitter. He doesn't <laughs> use it. He gets, he's got people to do it for him. He's yeah. like... Um, like an American politician, you know, he's I'm, got, I, I'm banning it. He's got staff, you know. Like, um, I'm, I'm embargoing it. Let's let's carry on with this email. What what's what is what is what do they want about filing? They just said that their biggest fear is hackers because now they're moving over to digital. Previously, right. it was about keeping the files in a safe like location to avoid dry fire location. Yeah. Now the problem is cyber hackers and cyber security. So they're trying to get servers that are secure because if you store all your stuff on a server and there's a fucking horrible break and everybody wipes the server or burns it to the ground or whatever you've lost everything you've lost then as everything. well because the yeah. idea that it's like safe is obviously wrong like it's not safe it's it's just in one thing it's on one server so really compressing everything down to fit on a server yeah you've now got to look out of that server i guess but you can always have backups that's the thing once it's digital yeah yeah, yeah i guess like your bitcoins you got to put them on uh, I don't know. I, yeah, like I, that's the worst thing about this—the digitization and everything, isn't it? That you know, it could all just be lost in a flash. But the same, the same way, the archives can burn down in a fire, and that's happened for centuries. So true. You know, yeah. we've lost plenty of records over the years due to mold or people like leaks. You know, something. You know, someone doesn't go in, and it's it's all fucking you know ruined. And I don't know. Is it? 
Is it what's what's worse? I, f- I feel like it's got to be safer just to have like digital backups like in three different places. You know, you yeah. can have like cloud storage, man. That's it. Then it's stored as, all over as, the place, right? Yeah, like, like you know when you have the mirrored hard drives or whatever. You know, the striped like the raid where you you can't lose your stuff because it's all stored on both hard drives at the same time. Right, right, yeah, yeah. You I mean, I'm just, sure they one have of the more breaks, than one you just swap in. It's kind of a very low chance. You know, it's like a, if it's like a one percent chance your hard drive will fail. Sure, that's really terrible. But if it's like two one percent chances, it suddenly becomes very, 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 well, very secure. Surely. Yeah. Yes, um, that's <laughs> exactly that's how, that's how it works. So um, I got an e- email from Emily saying that she she lives in the states. She thinks most people listening to the podcast probably listen uh, are British. Uh, so a lot of this stuff is kind of a bit lost in her, but she's intrigued anyway. Um, but she said uh, that she also listens to the podcast in the States and she works for a hardwood flooring company right. uh, and travel to jobs all over the Mormon ethno state of Utah. Yeah. Which I thought was an interesting way of putting it. Um, it sounds like a, like a faction in Stellaris or something, eh? <laughs> the Mormon ethno state. Watch uh, out for the Mormon ethno state. They they tend to come around on turn 500 and uh, they <laughs> they do a clean wipe of the system. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, so she says that this job only paid 12 bucks an hour and it was so bad uh, that she almost lost her house but uh she's moved in with her girlfriend in washington and things are now stable and nice. uh, she appears to have a cool job and uh, she's happy so thank shout god out to that's good emily. thank you for the big, emily uh, you can have the big ups instead of frank 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 lost his big up because his um story was i can't even remember it so sorry frank i'm, <laughs> I'm stripping you the big it was up. larry david story it's about the poop in you know you oh go. shit yeah okay you know what emily and frank you can share the big up okay okay Right, that's good of you. That's good of you. That's such a dad thing to to do, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. two kids. You could share it. Yeah, just share it. I got I got another email from Flynn. Uh, Yeah, he says a bit about Brandon Sanderson. I'm not going to dip into that again. Apologies. I think it's it's we've talked about that enough. Um, so we were talking about television show intros and how people tend to skip them. Uh And he makes a good point. The issue is that you don't have to read the introduction to the book at the start of every chapter that you read. No. You think about a TV show being divided up into chapters, which it is. You don't go back and read the intro and look at the I'm, cover again between every one. So I'm glad Flynn brought this up because I've been watching uh, Better Call Saul, the right? new season that's which come out. Which he mentions, continue. The intro to that, I think, is perfect. It's like not even 10 seconds long. It's just like one little tune with like some interesting imagery or whatever, and it's done. I can't. You can even skip it if you wanted to. It's so short. Right. But just that's fine. I think every other show should use that as a benchmark for the first episode of the of the first series. Do a big intro and we'll watch it and, you know, watch the music and stuff. But then just make a really condensed version of the music for all subsequent episodes. So Barry is a very short intro. If you haven't seen the show Barry, which I recommend, I think there's a new series coming out soon. That's a really good show. The intro is like, bam, there's just some music, the word Barry, and then we're back into it. Yeah. Because once you've seen, like, for example, I know we talked about Severance. It is a really good intro. It's very yeah, clever. Yeah, it is. It's very good. But yeah. you kind of don't want to watch it every single week. especially no, Especially not. with these shows that start off ahead of the credits, then run the credits, and then the rest of the show continues. It's like yeah. having an ad break right in the middle. And I understand yeah. sometimes it's put there to sort of wipe the slate clean before we move to the next scene. It's like a, a mental uh, a palate cleanser, you know? You sort of have yeah. a little, you, you have the opening scene, you're like, ooh, and then palate cleanse, and then we're into the show. It, yeah. it feels like sometimes it's that. So I think in terms of ideas for introductions, 
Short and sweet. Punchy, short and sweet. It should get me excited for the show, or it yeah. should get me ready for, ooh, this is going to be a big one. You know, it gives you a chance to go, and then you're into the show. I don't want fucking one minute flouncy music and people's fucking names. I don't give a shit. I know they're in the show. Well, I've watched 20 episodes of this now. I like, I like uh, how Curb Your Enthusiasm starts as well. I, yeah. I actually really like uh, Always Sunny as well, but the condensed version. Because the music's kind of funny, but like, uh, I just like how it, how it like super cuts into it sort of thing. Yeah, Curb Your Enthusiasm has like the... The very brief Curb Your Enthusiasm with the music, and then it just sort of fades out as the episode starts, which is fine. Is this guy saying that books should have like a, an intro chapter, like a catch-up chapter, and that you can skip? No, he's Jamie. saying the no, opposite. No, no, he's, he's, he's saying not the saying that He's at all. saying that the reason that we don't care for um, introductions like that are long is because it feels like you're moving on to the next chapter. And this is especially true if you're watching a show in a binge watch where you're like watching eight episodes in a weekend or whatever. You don't want to have to watch the intro every time. So his point is that you need to either punchify the intros or make them something you don't want to have to struggle through because like, oh, another minute of this shit. Because his point is you don't need an introduction to the show. I'm watching the show. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I see. Yeah, you know, you know what you've signed up for. Yeah, he's saying you know, it's, it's like you're in the middle of a book. You don't you go just, back and you read the just intro. Turned it on, like right. on telly, because no one does that anymore. Yeah, it's the changing way we we consume content. I indeed, assume. indeed. Yeah, right, that's good. it for emails this week. There were, there were wicked man. Well, I've been uh, on the topic of TV shows. I've been I've been catching up with that. Uh, this is gonna hurt, or this is going to probably hurt, or whatever that show is called. My wife Lord. calls it. Trust me, I'm a doctor. We can never remember the name of the show, right. but it's a good one. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it's 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 good. It's that one. Uh, it's that one that's written by the the NHS guy. That oh, uh, uh, be... this is going to her? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that. that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's Adam K. Yeah, that's really good. Very it's gory. Really, really very gory, gory, but it's They're very, really very good. Yeah. yeah. His, the book was excellent. It was done not as a drama like this. Yeah. But th this is a good way of telling the story dramatically. It was done yeah. more of a literally almost like you were reading his diary of what had happened that night. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really, really, really sad and funny and interesting and i saw a lot i got a lot of criticism but i, I think the criticism was uh i have i have opinion. heard the book was oh, good i didn't as well didn't realize it got criticism i thought yeah. i just i think it's been excellent but um... i think the, the the criticism was that he treats the patients in this especially because these are women in a very vulnerable state oh yeah he's it... uh, as kind of like no big deal but i, I think the thing is you're not putting yourself in the shoes of someone who does this for a living and has to put up with insanity as well as horror it's a it's a portrayal though right in your mind you feel like you're probably being like that at the time right so like that's how it's portrayed like in the show sort of thing i don't think it's meant to be that he's um realistically like doing these things it's kind of it's like, what he's thinking but yeah, i, I, I think thinking, that the, yeah. the idea was how dare he think that like well, he, yeah, he's but not being fair to the patients. He's he's diminishing their pain and their suffering. Of and... course not. But the, the, but you all all of the evidence as to why he would think like that is there for you as right. well, right? It doesn't. It, you don't have to be a genius to work it out. Like also, he's. I think it's missing the fact that this is an unbelievably hard job. Yeah, and you're working with people who are in an unbelievably hard situation. Yeah, and what are you going to cope with it by crying all the time and and woe is me and and genuinely trying to empathize with people? If you did that, I think your head would explode. Man, the yeah. woman. I consultant. mean, this is where gallows humor comes from, right? It's these right. incredibly high strength, like yes, yeah, like because we is it's 
it's often a way it's like a release valve for a lot of the tension to deal with this you know stuff the only the only option is to laugh really when you're surrounded by such awful stuff yeah the cool. woman anyway, consultant yeah, really who comes in who works with uh is it shruti i think her name is Sh- yeah yeah, yeah. shruti is fucking hilarious man like just <laughs> like uh just everything she fucking says is so fucking funny like uh it's it's been it's been a good one i've been enjoying yeah. it a lot well here's another show I, I don't i don't really care for basketball it's okay but i don't like follow it or anything like that i don't i don't watch highlights or anything occasionally i'll watch a bit winning time the la lakers story Oh, it's okay. it's, it's, it's yeah, absolutely phenomenal. That, yeah. It's yeah. got John, John C. Riley is in it. Adrian Brody is in it. Um, fucking a, a bunch of people. Sally Fields is in it. A whole bunch of people that nice, you, you'll, nice. you'll recognize them. And it's it's about the LA Lakers in the early days, 1979, the start of the LA Lakers as a dynasty. Magic Johnson comes in as this young buck, sort of yeah. superb player, first draft pick from them and everything. And they try to build this franchise and. It's really good. It's funny. It's nice. extremely raunchy. Um, and it's it's just brilliant. I absolutely fucking love the show. Really, Sweet. really, really good. I will seek that out. That sounds great. That, that, that ben, sounds amazing. Uh, I also would like to share with you that I was on uh, Twitch Rivals last week uh, oh, for a, a Fortnite tournament. <laughs> Did you make it to Tomato Town or whatever? It's called? Uh, no, to- Tomato Town's gone, unfortunately. But um, And there was not 10 kills on the board for me. But oh. uh, I didn't realize. I thought I was joining a tournament that was just going to be people who didn't really play Fortnite uh, very much. <laughs> but it turns out that it was like this big regional 300 grand prize pool tournament with like all the sweats you can imagine. <laughs> we had to play six games. I didn't even touch the ground once. Oh, like we were, getting, we were getting fucking murdered in midair. Like we just could not play the game. Like these guys, they, they these guys were like Dota teams, man. They were all in the same room, like wearing the same gamer shirts with matching chairs and shit like that. Like it was unbelievable. Oh God, I can imagine that. I, I just get fucking dumpstered. Like oh in the yeah, bin. we were hiding in, you can hide in like these like uh, outhouses. So we were, were trying to find outhouses that we could hide in. And because, but because you got points for kills, not only kills, but wins and stuff, we're actually fully getting stream sniped so that people could track us down and kill us for points because money i guess it was unbelievable how did you guys do dead last like we just could not fucking who was on your team that's hilarious uh ravs and wolfabell okay Three people who have a combined experience of like maybe twenty hours of Fortnite. <laughs> right. Oh, that's uh, overall hilarious. time. Yeah. It was it was good. It was it we we made the we made the best of it, I guess, but uh, and we if, had fun. If you had fun, yeah, that's it. But I mean uh, when you get in those things and you just think like there is no fucking way I'm oh gonna my do anything God, here. Man. Yeah, it yeah. was it was interesting to see how really good players play as well, because you could spectate after. So I guess that was kind of cool too, but like we were just completely and utterly outclassed. It was it was pretty funny. <laughs> it was just there was no fucking chance. Like we just couldn't do anything. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, it was good. So, Holy crap. Well, anyway, yeah. thank you for for checking in. I've got to go back to the Van Gogh exhibit. <laughs> oh fun. my god, man! Well, have fun and um, enjoy yourself. Yeah. By the time this is uh, by the time this is going out, I um I'll be in in Sweden. I'll be oh, uh, if, you, if you want to watch some. Yeah, I'm going back. I'll be gone for two weeks. Oh, and I'm going to be 
co-hosting. Shiva's the main host. I'm going to be the other host. Yeah. Um, second host, maybe even third host for the right. for the major. So I'll be doing the, the the group stage stuff and then the main stage stuff. I went out yesterday and I bought a suit. And I bought Whoa. a blazer and I bought a bunch of trousers and shirts. I'm going to look as natty as hell for the main event. I bought a brand new suit. It's lovely. And um, yeah, that's, I'll be excited uh, that's to check be you out. A couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to check Wish that out. Wish me for luck because sure. I haven't hosted stuff much before. Maybe a handful of You'll times. You'll be fine, man. You'll be fine. You'll do I good. I figure why not give me a shot? You know, they give everybody else a shot. Give me a shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now it's your time to shine. All right. Take it easy. Don't dude. screw it up. I will. Don't, I won't screw it up. I will try not to screw it up. Okay. All right, bye, everyone. No pressure. Bye. Thank you. Bye.